This is Tennessee Talks with United States Congressman Tim Burchett. Hello, I'm Congressman Tim Burchett, and welcome back to another episode of Tennessee Talks. Today, I'm joined, I'm incredibly uh, blessed that we've got on today, is, is Trey Smith. He's an offensive guard for the Kansas City Chiefs, and he's a He's from Humboldt, Tennessee, and played at the University of Tennessee, of course. Uh, he's a five-star recruit and chose the University of Tennessee over Ohio State, Alabama, and Ole Miss. He was drafted by the Kansas City Chiefs in the sixth round, the 2021 NFL draft, and was immediately named the Chiefs starting right guard. Trey, I want to thank you for joining me on Tennessee Talks. It's great to have you on the show, and, um, you know, being a a fellow football player. I don't know if you knew this or not. I was captain of the 1982 Bearden High School football team. We went five and five. Uh, you might have heard of me. I was uh, I was slow, but I couldn't catch. You know, I'm always amazed. I listen. To these, I can't listen to these calling talk shows, man. These guys like, well, you know, I played high school football. Like, well, go back and play high school football, Dad. Damn it, you know, you're not even. You're not even a JUCO man. You know, you know. <laughs> oh man, and uh, you know, it's just yeah. The game's so fast now compared to when we played it. You know, remember I was a receiver, and I think I think I was throwing the ball twelve times my senior year, mm-hmm. and you know, caught ten of them. But still, the uh, uh, you know, it just ain't like that anymore, man. It's just a fast game. Uh, let me ask you, what was a hard? Uh, was it hard for you to choose Tennessee over those other programs? I know you get a lot of pressure being a hometown guy and everything, yeah. but um, did you always want to be a ball? Well, Congressman, first off, man, thanks for uh, having me on here. Uh, it's an honor to speak with you again. Uh, and I guess going back to my story, man, it's not going to make a lot of Tennessee fans happy, but uh, I grew up an Alabama fan, huge Alabama fan growing up. Uh, started out my kindergarten teacher. Uh, her son was a manager with the Alabama football team. Uh, it was the first college football game I ever attended. Uh, I got a little bit of extra access, met some of the players at the end of the game, uh, took a picture of the head coach. So that's sort of where my love for collegiate athletics really started. Uh, For me, though, you know, growing up in the state of Tennessee, you know, I was an Alabama fan at the time. You always saw that power tee everywhere, on the back of cars, (laughs) going in shops, stores, people wearing the T-shirts on Saturday, always here in Rocky Top. So for me, man, you know, Tennessee has been a part of who I am, uh, even when I wasn't a fan. Uh, You could never avoid the power and the the brand of the power tee. Uh, you know, growing up as I got older, uh, I got my first scholarship offered to University of Mississippi. I think I was 14 or 13 years old, uh, sat down with Hugh Freeze in his office. Um, my dad was in one chair. My mom was sitting next to me in the sofa, uh, straight across from uh, Coach Freeze. Had a great football camp. I was obviously young at the time. And I remember at the end of it, he's like, you know, son, you had a great camp. Um, you did a, a fine job. You're a fine young man. And uh, we want to give you a scholarship offer to University of Mississippi. And so my mom and I were just looking at him. We just started laughing. Like, this guy's not serious. <laughs> like, he doesn't know how old I am. Are you kidding me? And my dad is just dead serious. Look at his, you know, looking in his eyes. Just, you know, he understands what this guy just said. So once we realized, oh, he's serious. It was like, okay, this is a, this is a reality. This is actually a thing that I can go do. I can live out my dreams. So for me, going throughout the process, um, trying to figure out different schools I want to go to, being a five-star recruit, we had suitors all across the country coming for me. And uh, now I was ranked the number one overall prospect on ESPN. Uh, something at the time I did not like because uh, it's sort of a target on your back in a lot of different sure. ways. Uh, but it was really cool and unique being able to go across the country. Um, 
go to these uh these schools that you always hear about you know going to Notre Dame uh one season going to see touchdown Jesus going to Ohio State seeing the pageantry that's involved with it so it was definitely a tough decision so uh on my decision date I knew I wasn't going to Ole Miss I knew I wasn't going to University of Alabama so really it came down to two schools Tennessee or Ohio State and for me you know Ohio State just had that game against Michigan they had the the gray helmets as an overtime we stormed the field and my last official visit was Tennessee and I remember just the feeling I had that night I prayed about it um and in my mind I wanted to go to Ohio State but in my heart and my spirit I knew Tennessee was the right place for me I had to make a 40-year decision not a simple four-year decision I knew the University of Tennessee where it was if I could come help and contribute it would mean so much more being an in-state guy. It's so much more being a Tennessee volunteer, what it stands for and what it represents. So ultimately, I made the best decision of my life and went to Tennessee. That's interesting. You say you pray about that thing. You know, people of faith, people that don't have faith in God, they don't get that. But, you know, I get into, into tough binds and, and um, you look at the numbers and they think, well, I need to go this way. But then I pray about it and I just have clarity to go the other way. And then I look back years later and, it was the right choice, you know, and so that's, I'm glad to hear you say that. Um, let's fast forward a little bit. Coach Andy Reid um, picks you in the draft. Mm -hmm. I, I've seen that on television. I can't imagine being a young man, what that would be like. Walk us through that a little bit. Your, your folks were there, I assume. Yeah. Several, several of your girlfriends, I assume, were there. <laughs> no, just one girl. One girl. We've been uh, been together for about seven years now. So, awesome. uh my my draft story is wild. Uh, uh, for fans and people listening, give you a little context. Um, I have I was diagnosed with pulmonary embolisms um, in my lungs, both branches. So my sophomore season football was pretty much in jeopardy. But I was able to come back, play the next year, about halfway through the season, get diagnosed with the same thing. So uh, to the grace of God, I was able to play again. Uh, it was something that was not very easy to do the medical recommendations, the medical protocol I had to follow was something that no football player at the time has ever had to do. Uh, so you look at that circumstance and situation, you understand the NFL draft, uh, in my mind, in my eyes, you know, I had the talent to go be at the next level, uh, but you have to clear the medicals and that's a huge part about it. And in 2020, a thing called COVID came around and it messed up a lot of stuff. Uh, we didn't have a traditional combine. I didn't have the ability to, go on visits, talk to teens, be looked at by their doctors, give them the due diligence and confidence that they needed to make that pick. So my situation was tough. You know, I was talking to my agent, uh, Tori Dandy and Jimmy Sexton at the time. And quite candidly, you know, I've always had the dream of being a first round draft pick. Um, I knew I wasn't going the first round. Uh, for me, I was thinking either a mid to lower end second, uh, third round at the latest. And so we go into that situation. I interviewed with a lot of teams. Uh, felt good about the process. I was able to have the opportunity to go to the Senior Bowl, do some good things, put some good tape out there. Had a great career with the University of Tennessee. And, you know, ultimately, you had to let the chips go where they go. And when we go to the actual draft process, mine's weird. Once again, I was one of those guys where, on paper, I was a top talent guy. So they sent us, once again, going back to COVID, they sent us all the camera equipment, set it up at my house, uh, had a lot of family over the first day. Uh, I'm a big video gamer, Congressman, so I was just on my video game night one. I, I knew. Call, call me Tim, all right? Yeah, call me my Tim. My bad, Tim. Yeah, Tim. So I, I'm on my video game the whole time. I'm just 
hanging out with buddies and friends from high school and college, not paying attention to it. My phone calls, you know, great. If not, that's sort of what I expected day one. So day one rolls around, you know, family like, okay, oh, you'll get drafted tomorrow. And in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, yeah, tomorrow will be my day. So a little bit more anxious, a little bit more nervous. Uh, the draft begins. And I said, you know what? I'm going to go take my mind off it. I'm going to play my video games again. So I'm sitting there playing, playing, you know, draft goes on first couple picks, second round. Okay. Not going to go that high. That's fine. Keeps going, keeps going. Second round's over with. Don't get picked. I'm okay. Third round. It happened. You know, the medicals, maybe they aren't confident about it. So third round goes on and on. And the day progresses. I don't get picked on day two. So I'm sitting there myself like, man, my medical situation might be the downfall of my career. I might not have the opportunity to play football at the next level. So you can understand the mental space was pretty crushing uh, to sort of have that. So I end up uh, going in on third day, um, just, you know, hoping to get drafted. If not, it's fine. Uh, day sort of progresses, not hearing any phone calls, not much news from my agents. And uh, a couple teams have interest in me. And once again, to give the viewers a little bit more context, the University of Tennessee, my final two years of playing, I would not practice. I would just simply go out there, do a little bit of individual drill with a strength coach named Mike Farrell at the time. I would hit the bags, do different things. The day before the game, I'd come off the blood thinning medication and actually play. So I, my, my case is an anomaly. Once again, in the NFL, you have to practice to get better. It's a non-negotiable. So for a lot of teams, it didn't make sense. So going back to the, the draft story, day three rolls around. I end up getting a phone call from a team, uh, old head coach, actually, uh, Urban Meyer. And, you know, he's saying, look, son, I remember you from high school. You're a great kid, great player. Um, I understand the medical history is something that we've had to face. Um, you know, don't worry about it. We'll fly you in. We'll get it all sorted out. You and your dad will come in. We'll figure this out. And, you know, we'll make you a new member of the team at the time. And so at that point, I'm sitting there to myself, okay, I didn't get drafted, but I have an opportunity. And that's all I need is an opportunity. And, you know, I'm sitting there with myself. My dad had actually left. Uh, he had gone to Rafferty's to get, a, get some chicken tenders for lunch. And pretty much it was settled. About uh, 10, 15 minutes after he left the house, you know, once again, I'm on my video game. I uh, get a phone call from Kansas City. And I, I, don't, I don't know if they have, the, they have it somewhere. They have to. But the recording is going to be hilarious when I can play it over when I'm done playing. Because the doctor from Kansas City calls me. And he's like, uh, Trey, is this you? And I'm like, yeah, it's me. And, you know, at the time, I'm already going to Jacksonville. I don't, what are you calling me for? And he's like, you know, I told you I'd call again. Tries to make a little joke about it. I'm like, all right, man, like, what do you want? And so he basically says, well, we're going to make you the newest member of the Kansas City Chiefs. And then the owner, uh, Mark Hunt, gets on the phone. And then my whole demeanor changes. Like, okay, this is serious. This is happening. So I get that. I talk to Coach Reed. I talk to my O-line coach. And from that point on, you know, I was drafted in the sixth round. It was funny. Uh, like I said, my dad was actually out. Most of my family was out. Just me and my sister at the house. And <laughs> I'm calling my dad. Like, hey, Kansas City just drafted me. He's like, that's yeah. great. He's like, lunch is going to be ready in about 20 minutes. So that was, uh, that was my draft experience, man. It was a roller coaster. Man, that's cool. That is – that's awesome, actually. Um, you know, you play with um, – in the trenches, mm -hmm. and you're a big guy. Uh, you know, you talked about being a target, and I get that. I used – I played with some guys that I would assume, you know, you – you know, the bus would roll in and somebody yell something at them and back and forth kind of crap. You know, it was back before yeah. the internet, really. I'm, I'm <laughs> I just turned 59 two weeks ago. So I'm I'm an old oh, guy, man. but but you know, you you know, you had you had three TV stations then, but we knew 
and we didn't really have anybody, but um, but I saw it earlier on. My brother played. They had some pretty big ball players and some of those guys. Uh, the Cofers out of rural high school. They all so they had played for uh, one of them played for uh, Detroit actually, and um, played for UT. Uh, and so I describe that you're a big guy in the trenches. What's that like? Yeah, man. Um, I'll take you to high school. That's probably one of the the, the more fun aspects of it. So. Played University of School of Jackson. I think we were Division II AA at the time, so not a huge right. division in Tennessee. Um, for me, it was fun, man, being able to manhandle, take your opponent wherever you want to go, have fun out there, be dominant, being that force that your team feeds off and relies on. Uh, that was awesome. Uh, talking about sort of the trash talking, you get that. Even you know through social media, I had kids like try to call me out for a game and you know making them pay every down. Uh, but, you know, as, as time progress I got a little bit older you know there's an injury factor that sort of creeps in your mind people are trying to take you out obviously you don't have your best interest as well so going into college you know you're a big fish at the time but you're about to enter the ocean a little bit so for that's a whole different story going to University of Tennessee being able to play at the next level is my dream and I think the biggest thing was like man I'm about to play SEC ball it doesn't get better than SEC ball so no. for me man that was an exciting challenge uh Wish we could have had more success or something that I'm going to say it haunts me a little bit watching them uh, ball out these past couple of years of job coach Heupel's done seeing the guys have fun, man. That's something I wish I could have brought more to the university of Tennessee. Uh, but I digress from there going into the NFL. It's a whole nother phase. Everything is so technical. Everything, every minute detail matters to be successful at your job. And for me, that's been a huge transition. You know, at the end of the day, a lot of times, obviously high school, you can get away with a lot of things because your your sports and athletic ability. And in college, you know, even even so, some of your opponents are lesser than at times. But in the NFL, everybody's good. Everybody's yep. paid. Everybody has a reason, objective, people they're playing for, people that are depending on them to get it done. So it's a whole different level. But I think the biggest thing about trench play, man, if I can say anything to the viewers watching, focus on the offensive and defensive line. That's where football is won. That's what football is built and bred upon. You watch that matchup, you will find something. You will find violent play. You'll find exciting play. You'll see dominant players. You'll see dominant plays. And you'll truly understand why these plays are going. Because I'll tell you right now, there is no football without an offensive line. There's no football. All your special yeah. players are scoring these touchdowns. does not happen without the big guys up front. That's where the tacticians are. You're yeah. right. Uh, I've watched that many times. And I've... Um, first being a receiver, I, I I didn't see a lot of it. I was, was off. I was on the line, but off from it. And um, but uh, you know, as you watch the game now, if you study it, it is it is that it's just uh, uh, very minute details are made. I've I've sat I've sat next to people like Cutcliffe and some of those guys um, at a ball game, and and him calling out things. He can tell by the way uh, a lineman was lined up where the ball was going to go and, and those things. And it's, it's, it's very telling. So I'm glad to hear you say that. Uh, Patrick Mahomey, what's it, what's it like to play? What's he like off the field? Yeah, Pat, he's awesome, man. Um, that's one of the guys that when you get into the league, you're talking about your star players. So I remember my rookie year coming in for treatment. I, I don't know what I had at the time, but it was probably OTAs when I first got to the Chiefs and I'm sitting on the table. It was early in the morning, you know, so it was wiping the crud out your eyes. And here goes Patrick Mahomes walking in. And, you know, you a little bit of a, more context once again. In 2019, uh, through the Big Orange program, through the Haslam Business School, I was able to 
go to the Super Bowl in Miami where the Chiefs played the 49ers. So I was able to watch them win that game. And yeah. then being able, be able to be drafted by that team only a couple years later, and you see him walk in, it was like, dude, that it's Patrick Mahomes, you know? But every time uh, I played with the man, every time I've been around him, even off the field, talk about a spectacular uh, leader, human being, a guy you can trust and depend on, a guy who cares deeply about people. You know, you see him everywhere, advertisement, shows. I mean, anytime I yeah. turn on my TV nowadays, you see Pat somewhere doing something. But for him to to follow that up would be an outstanding human being, man, and leader is truly something special. That's why he's special. That's why he's one of the best. That's why he's going to be one of the best ever. I, I'm glad to hear you say that. A lot of times you see these folks, and you and I are, of course, afforded the opportunity to meet a lot of people that that I, you know you wouldn't have if we didn't have the titles beside our names. And um, and sometimes I'm very much disappointed when I yeah. meet entertainers and things, and I'm. I've learned not to set my standards too high because I've met some incredible people and I met some real dirt bags. That yeah. makes me feel good. I know he's a he's a new dad and, yeah. and that's a that's a good role model for kids today. I I'm glad to hear you say that. Um what's your go-to go-to meal after a tough game? Well, I'll talk about what I had last night. <laughs> I had, <laughs> what'd you uh, have, Blaise? What'd you have? I had pizza and wings, man. I uh we had Marco's Pizza. It's really close to where I'm staying at right now. And then uh, right. we end up getting some wing stops. So that was pretty much my go-to after a tough one. Get the carbs in. You know, you're depleted after a game. And today I got to get back on track, though. But yep. last night. I got you. After a tough UT game, I go through the drive through at Crystal. So, uh, <laughs> hey, I love Crystals. Yeah, and they should have well, never gotten rid of the one on the strip. Well, I, yeah, I don't know, man. I, I went and took a picture by it. And I just said, you know, we're losing our country. And I was I tweeted something about it. There's, went to the one on Western Avenue after a ball game. My wife and I did, and yeah. I got home, and they were plain. I mean, they were just pieces of meat on a bun, oh. and I, no onions, no 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 uh, mustard, no pickles. Come on! And I was like, "What in the world?" And I tweeted about it, and then the next day they um or they tweet they followed up and said, "Oh, please follow up with us." And they sent me a. Uh, um, like a gift card shaped like a crystal. It's like a credit card and I've never used it. I think they went bankrupt since then. So I guess it's probably not worth anything, but I, was, oh. I thought it was a pretty cool little thing to have. But anyway, hey, um, Super Bowl win against the Eagles. Yep. Describe that. Can't be anything like that. Yeah. Maybe, um, maybe the birth of a child or something. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, man, it was the, probably one of the proudest moments I've had in my life. Uh, I've played, sports pretty much all my life growing up and I've never actually won a championship so to get the Super Bowl that was special um I think about all the sacrifices my family has made for me to that standpoint I remember just as soon as that clock hit zero when it really set in like there's nothing they can do to take this away that was the moment you know and I remember the confetti's flying down and just hugging yeah. my dad and my sister and Give them all my dad just letting them know like all the sacrifices, all the times he drove me to games and Haterades, Powerades, Subway sandwiches, even up to youth league football, like it paid off for that one moment. And I yep. think, you know, I, I sit there and I think about that moment and I think about my mom, Drisota Smith. Like I lost my mom when I was 15. And to me, it was just a culmination of all of her hard work and dedication wow. in my life. And I really wish she was there in that moment to be able to see it. You know, I remember my mom and I would just talk about you know, what if you get an Alabama offer or something like that? And, you know, being able to get in that stage where I'm in the NFL, I got my degree and man, I just won a Super Bowl. I mean, it's one of my proudest achievements I've ever had. I actually 
just to throw it off a little bit. I have this here. I got to get out the camera so it focuses, but yeah, more ring. So I see yeah. it, brother. I was going to ask you about it if it was close by. Yeah. So being able to have this is really a testament um, for my life and just the hard work that that went into it. You know, I'm extremely blessed to have it. Well, I'm an unrepentant mama's boy as well, and I my, my both my parents are in heaven, and I miss them every day. Yep. Man, I do. I'm glad to hear you say this. I, I go out every night, look at that dome on the Capitol and, and think, wow, Charlie and Joyce Burch, it's a baby boy. My mama flew an airplane during the Second World War. She taught mm. high school, and then her last 10 years, she taught over here at Knoxville College. And they um, they put her in their Hall of Fame, these two mm. sweet little ladies. After mama died, they came over and presented at the funeral, and it was really special. And, awesome. and um, daddy fought the Japanese in the Pacific, so I... You know, I think of the sacrifice. I'm so glad to hear you say that because we stand on somebody else's shoulders. I, Absolutely. I tell these young kids, I speak to them all the time, and it's not like it used to be. Um, you know, I mean, kids today, they talk. It doesn't, you know, the the racial barriers, the religious barriers, things that when I grew up, they really, they don't exist per se, just and just because they're, I don't know, they're just, they're, they just don't. And they talk about how tough things are. And I say, guys, let me tell you how tough things used to be. Let me tell yeah. you how my parents grew up. And I'm sure your parents grew up pretty tough. And yep. they and they uh, they raised a spectacular son. So, well, this is the part I hate the most and that, my, uh, that I'll edit out if I don't like it. But this is your opportunity to ask me anything you want. Man, I don't have much. Um, you know me, I'm sort of a UAP fanatic at this point. Um, yeah, but that I'm, you know, I'm, we we covered a lot in that one uh, little podcast. In your podcast, yeah, put in a plug for y'all's podcast. Yeah. And who is that other? Who is that other guy with you that uh, was in that? Beach Galloway? So he worked with VFL Films. A no, I mean bit. the other the other host. Oh, Josh, Mr. Dobbs. Uh, oh, Josh Dobbs. Yeah, I couldn't yeah, remember. Yeah. I was trying to think yeah. who he was. <laughs> Starting quarterback for the uh, Arizona Cardinals now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, I've heard of that. Time. Yeah, <laughs> he's big time now, man. But, uh, you know, I, I guess one of the things I, I really enjoyed our co our conversation that we had prior, I think it's um, it's something that I wrestle with because I want to believe. And I think that makes me biased a little bit. But sure. I just want disclosure, if that makes sense. I'm I, with I you. Like I, that, you know, that's what I said in the committee meeting. I said, we're not going to bring out a bunch of little green men or a flying saucer. Just turn loose of the stuff. I want you and Josh to be able to see some of the things that I've seen, some Absolutely. of the footage, video and talk to some of the people and, and some of the facts and figures and drawings and things. And, and uh, I, I would love for you and the rest of America to see that. I think you can handle it. I think uh, a lot of arrogance in government and we got to get past that. And yeah. I, and thank you. I appreciate you saying that. And I, I want to wish you all the success and I'll be praying for you in this upcoming year and that you just remain healthy. I remembered when you're, um, when, when it was released to what it, what, what was wrong with you. And then I, you know, everybody Googled it because nobody knew what the heck it was. I'd yeah. never heard of that. And, um, and man, you've, you just overcome so much. Um, how's your health now? Do you, do you feel pretty good or some things kind of recovered or, or where are we at? Yeah, it's been excellent. Uh, ever since I got to the league, uh, the chiefs had a really good game plan on how we're going to mitigate and, monitor it and i think after about the five year mark you're not really at a at risk factor anymore so i haven't had any issues whatsoever um it's a testament to god and great health care that i've been able to receive you know thankfully luckily as well 
So I haven't had any issues, man. It's been it's been amazing. I mean, and, and you got a great story, and it's it's just a great American journey. So I hope a lot of young folks see this and say, you know, maybe you're not gonna happen in the pros, but you can stick it out and get a good education and and achieve a lot in this world. So thank you, brother. I appreciate you, and I thank you for joining me today. Of course, I wish you the best uh, luck in the upcoming season. And I'm Congressman Tim Birch, and I want to thank you all for watching another episode of Tennessee Talks. And thank you all for sending me here. Thanks for listening to this episode of Tennessee Talks. Please subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Keep up with Congressman Burchett by following Rep. Tim Burchett on Twitter and Instagram and Congressman Tim Burchett on Facebook and YouTube.